Hey friend, how you feeling when you think about the season that's yet to come? Often, women find themselves in a state of worry over what is not yet or may never be. And over time, that thinking starts to affect every area of our lives, our faith walk, our relationships, our work or service, our wellness, our home, and especially our joy. But as Christian women who have put our faith in the one who holds it all, we don't have to get stuck in the endless loop of worry and anxiety. Today's guest, Erica Diaz Castro, is a committed Christ follower, wife and mama, and the host of the podcast, Her Renewed Strength. She's also a life coach for anxious, overwhelmed Christian women, helping them to develop a biblical mindset, which leads to getting more done with less overwhelm. Doesn't that sound like a better alternative to anxiety and worry? Amen, my friend. You're going to love her authenticity and conviction and the three simple steps that she has to share about how to take our anxiety at any level about what's to come to him. So get ready to get blessed with us today. Hey, busy girl. Welcome to the Redeem Her Time podcast. Do you wish you were able to actually follow through on intentions and know where God wants you to focus? Do you find yourself looking up daily routines, time management, or life balance? Do you try to stick to your priorities, but find yourself overwhelmed and overcommitted because you said yes yet again? That's not the life he intends for you. Hey, I'm Lissa, Christian time management coach, priorities protector, and recovering to-do list girl. And I get it. I filled my plate with all the things and felt stretched too thin and only half present. I wanted to say no without the guilt so I could be available for what mattered most. But I felt like I didn't have enough time, energy, or self-discipline to make it all happen. Then, God led me to manage my time with faith as a foundation. On this podcast, you'll discover how to know what he's called you to, make the best use of your time, and overcome distractions so you can be more present and lovingly say no. It's time to give your best time and attention to what matters in this season and in light of eternity. Grab something to sip and open up your heart and calendar. I'm about to show you how to redeem your time with God at the center of it all. You ready? Okay, real quick, before I bring Erica on, I just want to say you're going to get challenged today about putting action to your faith when it comes to your anxiety. And I have a question for you. Do you want to put action to your faith around how you spend your time so you're not always feeling that time anxiety that most women feel because you're either buried, scattered, or distracted by all the things? If so, you're going to want to join me for the free five-day Redeem Your Time This Fall Challenge. It's happening right here on the podcast and inside my community, August 21st through 25th. On Monday through Thursday, I'm going to drop mini episodes that are super practical about how to make the best use of your time this fall, or in any season for that matter, and I'm going to give you short take action assignments to apply it to your time and calendar right away, even before fall officially starts. So that way, you'll be ready and actually follow through. And do you know what I hear most often from women about their struggle around time? The anxiety comes from knowing what should get their attention and then how to be consistent in following through and be fully present with who and what God's called you to. That's why we're going to be hanging out inside the community each day too, 
to share what we learned and what we're going to do about it. And the best part is you're going to get support from others who are being intentional too. And then on Friday, August 25th, we'll be live at 12 p.m. Central Standard Time inside the Redeem Her Time community for a really powerful conversation about five ways to not waste your time this fall. Sound like something you might need? Good. Because here's the thing. Both Erica and I believe our time is a gift from God, and that's why we need to steward it well. If we're not intentional about where it's going, well, you know where that leads to disorganization, frustration, exhaustion. Been there too? That's not what I want for you this fall, and I'm here to tell you neither does he. So this is going to be your opportunity to check out what I teach inside the Redeem Her Time program for free for five days. I'm going to help you identify where your time should be going in this season and, might I add, where it shouldn't. And then I'm going to show you how to actually make the time so you can follow through. The best thing you can do to see changes in how you feel about your time is to get your calendar and heart in order before fall starts with all those demands and distractions. So between now and then, there are two quick things you need to do to be ready for the challenge. Number one, follow the Redeem Her Time podcast. So that way you won't miss an episode. And second, come join the free Redeem Her Time community. Like I said, that's where we're going to be hanging out after the podcast to put what we learn into action. And each day, someone who did their assignment is going to be drawn for a fun prize. And on Friday, when we go live inside the community, somebody's going to win a full ride VIP scholarship to the Redeem Her Time coaching program, which also includes a one-on-one -on -one coaching package. Might as well be you, right? So hit follow right now, then go grab the link in the show notes to join the community ASAP. So you'll be in the right place at the right time for the right season. Oh, and before I think, forget this, a bonus for those of you who really want to be intentional. Remember the With God Life worksheet that I talked about on the last episode? It's not a requirement to be part of the challenge, but I do highly recommend you take just 15 or 20 minutes before we start to get a sense of where God is leading in this season. I promise it'll be well worth your time. And I'll drop the link in the show notes too. Now let's get into my conversation with Erica. Well, hello everyone. I am so glad that you are here and so excited to have our guest with us today, Erica Diaz-Caspro. Now, if you guys were listening a couple, gosh, it was a few months ago now, I alluded to her because I was talking about time perspective and Erica has a great way of saying it that has really stuck in my head where she talks about the temporal <laughs> to the eternal. So girl, I, I like, I got you in my head. I hear you. I love listening to your podcast, but my audience probably is like, who's Erica Diaz Castro? So tell us a little bit about you and who and what fills your time in this season. And then kind of take us to how you developed a passion for what you're doing right now through your podcast and the other things you do to help Christian women. Well, thank you for having me, Lisa. I'm appreciative of the invitation and just grateful for what God's doing in our conversation today. So shout out to everybody who's listening. I am Erica Diaz Castro, your Jesus loving Puerto Rican life coach. I'm a wife. I'm a mama. Above all, a 
faithful servant of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm a life coach for anxious, overwhelmed Christian women. I tend to help women mostly with time management and really shifting their mindset into a biblical mindset, thinking about the eternal perspective over the temporal, the temporal, which is what you had mentioned. And honestly, I got into this kind of by accident. Um, I'd never wanted to be a life coach. I was in fitness. I, I had different dreams, you know, and the Lord really took me on a journey. He kind of brought me through this season of terrible time management and taught me how to be a better steward of my resources, including time so that I could glorify him with that and with the things that I was saying yes to. And what really brought me to focus on this specifically was through a journey of cancer and chemo in my own life. And in that season, he was showing me that it was his word that was going to break off all the chains, all the things that were keeping me in bondage. He did that over time. And I overcame a number of different struggles with substances, with bad habits, with poor time management. And in what he did through that time, through those years, it took real years to get through these things. He showed me that it was his word that it that was going to not just bring me through it, but bring other women through it. So I created her renewed strength. It was called something else before it was, I was doing something else before and completely flip flop once he showed me what he wanted me to do. So the real thing that I am passionate about is helping women get in God's word. And the number one obstacle that women share with me is that they don't have enough time. So that's why I do time management now. I love that because it gives a bigger purpose, right? Around why we are being good managers of our time so that we can invest it in things that, that really matter. And what I love is that God has redeemed your story, right? Mm -hmm. And we talk a lot about on redeem her time about the fact that we redeem our time because we have been redeemed. And so it's our response to what he has done in our heart and life that then changes how we see ourselves, how we, you know, how we see our time and then what we choose to do with it. So, you know, it's, gosh, it's, it's that, it's that thing. It's that tension between a story can be hard and yet it's what gets us to where he can use us in the specific way that he wants to. And so I think that's such a beautiful thing when he does that. And I love that that's what he did with you. Um, you know, and I, I honestly came to time management because I was also on the same, on the same wagon of, yeah, I wasn't doing a great job with it. And I was filling mm-hmm. up all the things and mm-hmm. I was, I was on the busyness trap, right. And that, that hamster wheel mm-hmm. and just really knew that that couldn't continue. And I really wasn't being effective for the kingdom. And I wasn't being fully present when I was living that way. So I love that we both come to this place and we're talking about times. So this is going to be a yeah. great conversation, but okay. you did mention a little different angle that you come at it from as well, which I really want to kind of dive into. And that is sure. the anxiety and the overwhelm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't think that this is, you know, something that is new to my listeners, because mm-hmm. I think we're talking more and more about anxiety and all the implications of it. But really, I want to hear from your perspective, and especially because you've been working with women who are dealing with anxiety, who are dealing with overwhelm, but who also want to be good stewards of their time, right? So why is anxiety a problem and struggle? Like what are some of the ways it affects us and costs us and then has a ripple effect into not only our faith, but also, you know, our time and other areas of our life? Yeah, I want to just define anxiety as being 
in the state of worry about what has not yet happened. So there is this feeling of impending doom you have about things that haven't yet come to pass and might not even happen. So when we're feeling anxious, it is essentially a feeling that we're having in response to our perceived lack of safety or security. That might be that you are not going to meet a commitment. That might be that you are going to still have things to do and and you already can anticipate not having downtime or feeling tired or just having this chronic stress that you live with as a result of having so many commitments, things like that. So when you think about what anxiety is in the context of time management, it's really worrying about the things that you have yet to do and the effects that those un, those incomplete tasks have on the rest of your life. And what's interesting when I, is, is when I'm listening to that, I'm, I'm drawing down some notes. It's the what's not yet and may never be, you that's know, right. like, so that means it's really essentially a story that we're telling ourselves and then we're believing that. And then our body, our mind, all these parts of us are reacting to as if it is true. Yep. And what does that do to us? So it really depends on the person, but a lot of women that I work with myself included we notice it physically first so you might start to experience an increase in your heart rate you might start to feel sweaty palms you might start to feel like you can't focus there's this experience that you're having really before you have a very intellectual understanding of what's going on and the thing about that is that we are smart we can Mm -hmm. convince ourselves that we're good you know i you might think about something but not interpret those thoughts as you stressing about it or you being anxious about it. You might consider it being prepared and you wanting to think ahead so that you know what to expect. The problem with that is that you start uh, you start to open what I've come to consider this never-ending loop of just thoughts. Hmm. When you start to open that loop, you're giving yourself permission to swing back into that loop when you remember the thing. So you stress about it and ruminate for a period of time. And then you busy yourself with something else, whatever else seems important in that moment before you swing back to it again. So you never actually let go of that worry. You never actually, you know, pacify it. There's no real resolution. And what it does is it causes physical symptoms. It causes this exhaustion that you feel. It causes cognitive dysfunction. It causes spiritual unrest. And it really causes you to start to have doubts in all areas of your life. In some cases, even resulting in you unintentionally viewing God with this perspective that isn't actually true. You have a false view of him because you have these beliefs that are taking the place of what his truth says about time and priorities and things that you have to do. Hmm. And I've heard that like 95% of our thoughts are on repeat. So it makes sense when you're talking about this loop. And then if we get stuck in the cycle of thoughts that are not moving us in the direction of truth, not moving us, you know, in a direction that we want to grow, I could see how it'd be easy to get really, you know, stuck in that place. So Mm -hmm. where is there just before we move on to kind of what we can do about it? I'm just curious about this. Is there a line um, that that you draw at all for where it's just healthy worry, healthy concern, healthy 
you know, um, thinking ahead about something versus now it's crossed over into it being something that, um, you know, is, is really, is really causing a, an issue is it's disrupting, you know, things in life and would fall more under, under anxiety versus just, you know, an anxious thought. That would be, I think, a better question for a clinician or someone who is licensed in that area. But from having had conversations with clinicians and professionals, mental health professionals, it's typically described as being anxiety or crossing into that that realm when it impedes your everyday function, your ability to do things. So I can give you an example of what that has looked like for me, just to give you a tangible ex- you know, example. That'd be great. Uh, I went through a period of time where I struggled with anxiety to the point that it would paralyze me. So Mm -hmm. I ended up one day, I was pregnant. I was out in the field for work and doing all these things. I was far from where I was supposed to be. And the long story short is I ended up having an anxiety attack and it felt like a heart attack Mm -hmm. and I ended up collapsing. So a stranger came by and like, picked me up. I told you I was pregnant. There was, there, I knew no one, there was no one else around and it impeded my ability to have control over my body, which resulted in my mind having this, you know, panic moment because I felt fully unsafe. Hmm. That led to a series of events where I wasn't able to perform my, my work duties. I wasn't able to feel safe by myself because I couldn't stop thinking about the things that were worrying me. And when I worked with a professional, what we found was, or what was uncovered was really that there were all of these things I wasn't dealing with and they were getting stacked on top of each other Hmm. that having to do with this area of life, having to do with that area of life. And little by little, I was trying to compartmentalize my life in such a way that everything was starting to kind of work disjointedly, you know? So I can't say that that's the experience for everybody, but it is one example of what it can look like to have your everyday functions be impacted by what crosses from the realm of anxious thoughts to being an actual experience of anxiety. Right, right. What I'm hearing is that cost quite a bit physically, emotionally, spiritually with your time, you know, uh, just all these different ripple effects. I'm sure you mentioned your job. I'm sure it affected your, uh, your relationships and things like that. So I, you know, my guess is, and knowing you, you are not in that place. And I know that that's not where anyone who's dealing with whatever level of anxiety wants to stay. So how do we start changing or growing in this? What are some, you know, practical steps that we can take or think through that will help us to not feel that kind of anxiety or let it go to that place uh, when it comes to, you know, looking at our life or our time? Yeah. There are three things that I think about. Uh, Number one is really assessing the situation. And for me, that translates to asking better questions, because I think that when we ask better questions, we know what area of opportunity needs the most uh, attention, needs the most support, right? And that allows us to pray more intentionally. That allows us to raise our hand in the right areas and ask for the right help that allows us to lay down the things that simply aren't for right now. Mm. The second thing is to actually and practically cast 
your worries on the Lord, to release the things that you're worried about. And then the third thing is to really create some space for the Lord to work and to understand that the things that we have realized, what we have recognized, what that reveals about our hearts, about our habits, all of that can can still allow for something beautiful to be born out of that, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. That's that redeeming process, right? Where mm-hmm. he can take whatever situation and, and really redeem it and and bring something beautiful out of it, which, which I love that. Well, I want to circle back to that second one because sure. earlier we were talking about how we get stuck in the loop mm-hmm. and the word I wrote down when you were talking about casting your worries on him is the word release, mm-hmm. you know, and being able to, it's not wrong for that feeling or thought to come up, but it's really more about, am I going to stay in that loop and let it keep circling around? And then it keeps affecting all these different areas in my life, or am I able to release it? So can you dive a little bit more into that one? So, cause I feel like that's, that's really key to, you know, addressing what the problem is that we talked about that we get stuck in that loop so often. Yeah, I think the second part, so this, I just described what I call the arc method. And I work through this with all my clients. It's part of my course. It's part of how I problem solve. And the second step, releasing can't happen without the first step, which is assessing. So Mm -hmm. knowing what questions to ask is crucial. Otherwise you won't know what to release. So some, some sample questions or thinking about it, you know, from the foundations of time management and like how we think about the structure of our lives, you really need to know what your why is and what your priorities are as they pertain to that. Why Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you really need to know what boundaries to set and enforce and know where, where you're not meeting the mark, right? And knowing when to ask for help, for guidance, for support. When you know those things, when you have worked through those things, either with someone in a journal, right? In some capacity, you can then move into that releasing piece, Mm -hmm. into that step, because you cannot cast your worries on the Lord if you don't know what those worries are, what the root of those worries are, right? Mm -hmm. If you're like, Lord, help me with my... I don't know, with the dishes today, help me get through my chores today. That's one way to pray about it. But you could be praying more intentionally, get to the root of why your chores are so difficult for you to do in the first place. And I think that that first step assessing is, like I said, it's crucial to that. So once you move into step two for releasing it, you can write down what those worries are. If you're a journaler, I am, you can journal that, right? Mm -hmm. You can work through those questions, or you can pray through them out loud. I think it's also helpful to get with another believer and to confess those worries, to pray Mm -hmm. together. And again, praying intentionally because you have done the work of really work understanding and identifying where you need the most support, what those worries are and what the root of those worries are. And then the third, I think is probably the most powerful in my opinion, which is when you admit your worries to the Lord, and then bring them to him in fasting and in prayer. Mm. It's it's powerful to pray. It's more powerful to fast and pray. Mm. Yes. And there is, I think, an opportunity for the body of Christ to really harness the power that is available to us when we submit ourselves in a posture of humility and and pursue the Lord in fasting and prayer. And I don't, I think it's very underutilized. Yeah. Yeah. It's us really showing my dependence is not on all of these physical things that I can do. And sometimes that fasting is in a food way, but there are so many other ways of fasting, right? Whether That's it's right. 
from social media or fasting from shopping or fasting from anything that we try to fill ourselves with, Yeah, you know, whether that's to numb something or to help, you know, try to find value or validation or just encouragement or thinking that's where our happiness is going to be and really just laying it down and saying, you know, I'm going to give space for, for God to fill this. And I I love that, um, that you pull that, that in there, you know, and, and when you were talking about the being able to identify things first, it, I was also thinking about like, you know, in our lives, like whether it's forgiveness or whether it's, you know, repentance, like we have to be aware of what those things are first in -hmm. order to release them. Right. So I can see how it's the same pattern when it comes to our worries, we haven't truly identified them. And like you said, not just that surface level, you know, the tip of the iceberg that we can see, but really digging down. I'm a journaler too. And that's just a great way to process through things with the Lord and really just kind of you know, do some seeking and asking him to, to illuminate, like what is down below this? What is, what is this really just a piece of, so that if we can dig out that root, right. Or the base of the iceberg, Mm -hmm. then essentially that iceberg isn't going to come floating back around because we've taken it out of the, out of the loop. So that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Anything else that you want to say around those? I love the three steps. So it was awareness of the situation, casting your worries on him and creating space for God to work. Yeah, I think when you create space for God to work, sometimes we think that we need to do something. And a lot of times it's actually just waiting and waiting well. Yeah. So for those of you, and I'm I'm going to raise my hand. I'm <laughs> one of those people. For those of us who feel like we need to always be doing something. Yes. Sometimes the best thing that we can do is just be still. Yeah. You know, and that is, it feels unnatural, especially in a very busy culture, especially in a culture where you, we are quote unquote empowered to do whatever we want to do or be whoever we want to be. Um, I think it's important to let God be who he is before we start to try to do anything. So if you feel that temptation creeping into, to try to fill the time with something, or if you're giving something up to replace it with something, just know that you don't have to trade something for something else. You can just give something up fully and wait for God to fill it in his time. Yeah. And like intentionally leaving margin so that unlike, you know, when you think about the traffic jam around a major city, when one car bumps in the next, it bumps into the next, there's not much margin between those cars. And I think sometimes we do that too. And then I don't have time to be interrupted. Even if it's the Lord, sometimes, you know, I feel like, oh no, I've got a plan. And so intentionally creating space for him to work is such a beautiful picture of just leaving that openness mm-hmm. and like you said, being okay with it and not feeling yeah. like I have to be doing something with that because God can do so much more when we just give him that space. That's so great. as you look at, at your life and then also as you're working with women, like how, how have you seen, you know, or experienced yourself change your growth, you know, around this area and what have you seen women better able to invest their time in once they are not stuck in that anxiety loop about their life and their time and their schedule and things like that. I think the biggest thing that we are able to do is really carry out the great commission and it looks different for everyone. So sometimes people think that they need an entire platform to share the message of the gospel. And it might not be that I know for me, I used to think that that was the case. Her renewed strength has grown massively and I'm grateful for that. But in this season in in particular, the Lord is calling me to homeschool my child and to be her full-time teacher. And part of that includes incorporating a life of walking with the Lord, not just during our Bible study time, but all day, every day. And that means that I'm pouring less time into 
her renewed strength. I'm putting less time into other things, you know, I'm, I'm making space for just being present with the child that the Lord gave me to raise so that I can raise her up to be a mighty woman of God and equip her with the tools, with the understanding she can benefit from having so that she also can make the name of Jesus known. And I think that we all are really called to that. I believe that not just because the Bible says it, but because it's something that when you come to know Jesus, you can't help but share his name. You can't help but share what he has done. And when you don't have the mental space to even think about that and share that with people, if what you're thinking about when you're interacting with someone is the next thing you have to do versus sharing Mm. your testimony, I think it's a really big sign that there's some space that you probably need to create for the Lord because our first and foremost mission and purpose is to glorify his name and to make his name known. Mm, I love that. And we often talk here on Redeem Her Time about fulfilling the greatest commandments, you know, of loving God and loving others. And so often, and again, I'm raising my hand here, we can have our day so packed with quote unquote good things Mm -hmm. that when the opportunity comes to love the Lord or to love someone that he's put in our path, we're like, oh, I don't know. I got time for that. Right. I'm too busy or I, I don't have time to be interrupted. And so I think you're yeah. right. Like those are just great signs of maybe when we're holding too tightly to our plans or to our time or to yeah. what we think our purposes and things like that. So I, I love that, that, that picture of releasing, right. And, mm. and just letting him then fill, um, and not trying to grab onto something else in, in that. So that's, yeah. that's beautiful. Um, I'm going to skip to a question I was going to ask at the end, because I'm curious if this ties into your answer there, but I often like to ask at the end, like, what's one thing you would love to make more time for in this season? I heard you talk about homeschooling your daughter and maybe that yeah. would be, um, or maybe there's, there's something else. Um, but yeah, what would that look like? You know, what would you love to find more time for in this season, um, that you feel like would really help you to live out the great commission that God's calling you to? To be honest, I am just coming out of a season of like growing pains. Mm. And so I've officially said yes to the things that I was resisting saying yes to, including homeschool. Um, And I'm right now, the things that the Lord is calling me to make time for have my time. And so I think the, Mm. the, the areas that I would have shared, they're already filling my time. And I, and I do have margin. I'm, I used to be one of those people who overbooked and stayed busy. And now I commit to less and I do less with excellence and it gives me time to rest. Um, the Lord took me through a period of time that was quite painful teaching me rest. I know you're talking about that Mm -hmm. lately on your podcast. And, you know, I think that when he is showing us something, it is for our benefit to pay attention and to heed his his guidance and wisdom. And yeah. so um, if you would have asked me like a month ago, I would have said, mm-hmm. be with my, my child and homeschool her probably. But now that I've said yes to that and we're doing that, um, I can say... I'm doing what I'm supposed, what, what he has shown me I'm supposed to do. And I'm, I'm constantly praying that he would realign my, my plans. I actually stopped using my planner for the last three weeks. Cause I'm like, I feel like what I have planned is not what you have planned. So I'm going to just let you ah. leave. And um, it's been very, 
not freeing, but fulfilling because the things that I would have done had I stuck to my plan, I wouldn't have gone in the direction that he has taken me. And it's been very adventurous in the last few weeks. So, so yeah, homeschooling was probably what I would have said. And, um, and just showing up in the local church, which I think is another very important thing. I think we all, as much as I resisted it for so long, I think we all benefit and are, are really called to, to be pouring into the local body. So um, I serve in, in kids ministry, which is crazy because I never wanted kids. I grew up not liking kids and all these things that the Lord has me doing has to do with kids. And I'm just like, wow, the enemy really had me hating kids for a minute. Um, but everything I'm doing now, um, it is for the glory of God. And I'm finding a lot of joy in places where I didn't know joy existed. Ah, that's so beautiful. Right. And that's where we just keep, we keep walking with him. Yeah. Um, and not just the checking in and then going off and running with our, uh, what we thought we heard, but like really yeah. staying in step and walking with him and, you know, and being right where it is that he's called us to be. And that's the yes. best, that's the best way to do this. I call that the with God life, right? Yes. Where we're doing it with him, this divine invitation that he is reaching out to us saying, I am with you. Will you? And he's asking us, will you be with me? And I love yeah. that scripture is essentially one long divine invitation of him just saying mm-hmm. to people over and over again. I am with you. Will you be with me? Right. And we mm-hmm. see the times when people said no, and they, um, they did, they did not accept that invitation and what things look like for them. And we see mm-hmm. you know times when people were walking with the Lord and what that looked like. And then we have that opportunity to participate with him, um, you know, in that journey and to be part of it. So I love that, that you're doing that. And that's such a precious gift. So it keep, is, keep, yeah. keep doing that keep, keep leaning in, keep asking, keep walking. And then see where that, where that takes you. Um, so, you know, if, if I'm thinking of that woman who's listening right now, who, you know, maybe she's, you know, kind of feeling that little anxiety in her stomach once in a while, or maybe she's like, girl, I like live this, you know, every day, what would just be one piece of encouragement that you would give to her, um, that would give her some hope and some encouragement in, in moving out of that. This, uh, I I think about this myself. So it's going to sound maybe to some people a little, not harsh, but um, a little too real. But I'm going to give it to you straight because that's what I do. The worst thing that could happen is that we will die. Hmm. Every time I get anxious about anything, I'm like, all right, what's the worst that can happen? And then in two seconds, I can see my life flash before my eyes of all the things that can go wrong that would lead to my death. And then I remember that Jesus overcame death Hmm. and that so will we. So even the worst thing that could happen when you are in Christ is Hmm. not actually the worst thing. Yeah. So when that's keeping that eternal perspective, you know, Yeah. Um, I just read through revelation not too long ago, maybe like a couple of weeks ago, I've been in Ezekiel lately. And so a lot of end times Hmm. prophecy, right? Like a lot of, um, illustration of what heaven looks like, of of what these divine creatures look like. And I can tell you that there is so much hope. I'm going to cry. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's a lot of hope in knowing that when we see the Lord face to face, every time we wrestled, mm-hmm with something every time that we felt 
like we needed to hold on for control even more. It was just that reminder that he wants us to trust him a little more. And I can say mm. that as a parent, I've never, I've never understood it as much as I do now. Mm. That's so but beautiful. There's, there's just so much hope in knowing that we can trust him and that eventually we will see him face to face and we will be a new creation in heaven, in the new heaven and the new earth, and he will wipe away our tears and there will be no sorrow. There will be no suffering. So even when you feel that suffering now, even when you feel the anxiety pitting in your stomach, even when you feel nauseous or a headache or you feel weak or you can't concentrate, all these physical symptoms that are keeping you stuck and, and in fear, you can remember there is this man who came to earth and suffered a death that I deserved. And died in my place and gave his life and came back to conquer death. And because of him, I'm already victorious. Mm -hmm. So I can trust that he is why this moment is, is not going to kill me. In fact, it will make me stronger. Ah, that's so beautiful. And I listen to this, these couple of verses every single morning because God really used these to, to speak to me a few months ago. And it relates to what you're talking yeah. about it's from Re revelation. Mm -hmm. uh, verses twenty, uh, chapter 21, verses two and three. And it says, yes. and I saw the holy city, new Jerusalem coming down mm -hmm. out of heaven from God prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And, it, and I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. And then it goes into the wiping away the tears. But what I love is that you know, like we hear in there that with God life, the, that word with is in there three times. Like that's what all this is building towards, right? No matter how it feels in the moment, um, no matter how often we feel that it's all building towards that eternal with God life and the temporal uh, is going to fade away and we'll just have yeah. that, that time with him. So thanks for taking us there. Cause that is, that is the, only, that's the encouragement, right? Yeah. That's, that's, what's going to help us in the day to day when we're struggling with it. So Girl, we could talk all day. I know that we know. have just scratched the surface of, you know, just talking about our anxiety, our overwhelm, our time, and all the ways that those connect. And I know that you have a lot of great resources. You've mentioned a few of them. So before we go, like, tell us about what you have to offer to women who want support, you know, specifically around the anxiety piece and the overwhelm and things like that. So they can trust him more and, and where they can find it. So I think that there are a lot of programs, you know, this is like the perfect opportunity for me to plug my course. Mm -hmm. um, I want to point you to God's word. I mm -hmm. want you to go and be in the word of God and to spend time with the Lord and to just grow in the knowledge and the grace of who he is. I want you to experience the peace and the joy that come from being in relationship with Jesus and from trusting him and from being secure in your identity in Christ versus what you do in a day. So if you're struggling to get in Bible study, I have a free Facebook group where I lead Bible study once a quarter, typically three to four weeks. We're actually um, in our study right now at the time that we're recording in Esther, um, but we've studied Jonah. I've taught Ruth. We went through Habakkuk. Um, there's a study on anxiety. There's a study on our emotions. And you can go through those studies at your own pace if you don't have a starting point for your own time in God's word. I also have a free um, resource for those of you who 
find it hard to stay consistent Mm. and don't really know how to dig into God's word on your own. So you can head to herrenewedstrength.com. You'll see the link for Simplify Bible Study. You'll also see the link for the community where we do group Bible study and some time management coaching periodically. Great. We'll make sure to link those in the show notes because having other people that can help direct us to where we need to be going, I think is so important. Um, I don't believe we were created to do this alone and we need other people that, you know, are on this journey too. maybe a couple steps ahead of us, right. Who can help point us in that direction. And I'll put a plug in for her podcast, her renewed strength that I love having in my earbuds uh, each week. So definitely go and check that out. So thank you, Erica, so much for sharing with us today, for sharing your wisdom, but also sharing just your heart and your experience and what God has done on your journey. And I'm really excited to see how he continues to use you in the lives of women and how he uses this episode specifically to, you know, to reach others. So I would just encourage you, if this episode spoke to you, send Erica and I a message, uh, leave a review, share this with someone else that you think will be blessed or encouraged or challenged in some way. Um, because that really, you know, we don't need the validation, but it certainly is evidence of how God is working. And so we would love to hear from you. Wow, that was life-shaping. Instead of letting our worry and anxiety take over and consume our time with futile thinking, we can take it to him and instead redeem our time. So just as a quick review and reminder, here are the three steps Erica shared with us today. Number one, assess the situation and how you're feeling with good questions. Number two, release your worries to him so you don't have to hold it. And number three, create space for God to work and wait well for him to do it. So I'm curious, what did you hear today that will help you with your worry or anxiety about what is yet to come? Since you're going to be heading over to join the Redeem Her Time community to get ready for the five-day challenge anyway, I invite you to share your aha from today and join the conversation so we can create a biblical mindset about what concerns us together. Isn't it nice to know you're not alone in this? Okay, friend, I'll see you over inside the Redeem Her Time community, where we'll talk more about this. Thanks for joining me for this episode. And until next time, remember, you do have all the time you need for what he has called you to in this season and in light of eternity. Follow his example to create a rightly ordered schedule and a rightly ordered heart, because you are here for such a time as this. Hey, before you go, I pray this episode blessed you, challenged you, and moved you to take action. So, what was the one thing God showed you today? I'd love to hear. So would you take a minute to leave a review on Apple Podcasts? It makes my heart smile, and that way I know you're liking the show. And it helps other busy Christian women, just like you, find real-life answers too. Speaking of which, grab the link and share this with someone you know that's been praying for a breakthrough. And don't forget to come join the after party inside the Redeem Her Time community. We're not just about knowing, we're about doing together. Head on over to redeemhertime.com to join the community, leave a question to be featured on the podcast, schedule a free 15-minute strategy session, or all the above. Of course, I'll drop the link in the show notes because I know you're a busy girl. Look carefully then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Ephesians 5, 15 through 16. I'll see you in a few days, friend. God bless.
hey 